Hello, welcome back to How to Rewrite Your Stars. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, joined today by Patrice Marie. I got that name right for you, Patrice, right? Patrice, Patrice. yeah. Patrice, okay. Yeah, rhymes with niece. <laughs> awesome. Well, Patrice, I've got your bio sitting over here, if I can find out where exactly it is. Normally have this ready. But Patrice has a story of escaping slash being healed of severe mental illness, um, as well as escaping many other things. She is the author of the upcoming book, Living in an Escape Room. Most people think mental illness is permanent and something they have to live with. Her story and her reality gives people hope that they too can be healed. Mental illness is a spiritual problem with a spiritual solution. Well, with that little bio, Patrice, niece, but Patrice, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. You got it. Um, with that bio, Patrice, that kind of starts to confirm a thought I've had previously. That's like, okay, like mental illness, like tells me that it's like any other kind of illness and can be healed. And I've had that thought and yet I've never had anyone with an example of it actually happening. Awesome. So I'm really excited to jump in and dig into your story here and, you know, tell us a little bit more about this. Like where did this kind of start for you? Uh, what happened along the way? Like your, your okay. story. So you obviously know a little bit better where to start, but Go ahead and tell us about that. That sounds really All right, great. Well, thank you for that introduction. And I love, love, love that you are open to the possibility that mental illness can be healed like anything else. Because just like an alcoholic that doesn't know he or she has a problem, like knowing that you have a problem is the first step. And when we're talking about um, being healed of mental illness, knowing that it is possible is a big first step. And uh, it's true that conventional wisdom, knowledge, psychiatric uh, community would all have you believe that once you've been diagnosed with something like schizophrenia, like bipolar disorder, which is, I was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder, which for your listeners that don't know, that's the worst of the two. It's mm. more severe, okay? So it's really the diagnosis that you don't want right under the schizophrenic diagnosis that you don't want. Those are like the top two that are like really, really bad. So when somebody gets this diagnosis, they have no hope, basically, just to put it bluntly. They do not have any hope that their life is ever going to be uh, back to normal or well again. So my story starts about 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, just about 10 years ago in 2011. And an interesting piece of my story, and I know it, it was meant for uh, this to happen in the way that it did. My do- I have two grown daughters and my older daughter actually had a mental breakdown and was hospitalized and diagnosed with schizophrenia. There's 
there's the big mama mac daddy diagnosis that you don't want right yeah wow the doctor even told me that she was textbook i mean that were like his work wow so as a mom i was like devastated because at the time i thought oh there is no cure for that right now yeah, it's just like uh, oh life sentence life sentence <laughs> exactly and she was young that she had just graduated college yeah Oof. So um, I was a Christian at the time. Right now, I consider myself a spiritual person. Um, but at the time, I was a Christian, a very strong Christian. And I got uh, a lot of people to start praying for her. And long story short about her story is she got downgraded or upgraded, however you want to put it, to uh, a much lesser diagnosis and, um, you know, has been free from that schizophrenic label ever since. So, but in the meantime, I, as her mom, I was very enmeshed in her life, you know, to use a psychological term. And um, when you're, when you don't have boundaries between you and other people, and that enmeshment is allowed to happen, whether it's a loving enmeshment, like it was with me and my daughter, it's still not healthy, because there's boundaries that are missing. So we, you know, we all have to maintain our own boundaries, our own self. I wasn't doing that real well at the time, because she so um, I'm not sure how I'm going to jump around in this story because things that I learned later on, I may insert as knowledge earlier in the story. Right. Okay. So, um, so she was, uh, you know, on her road to healing. And about two or three months later, I had my own breakdown. Now, Here's where I want to insert that there are, and what I've learned through talking to other people, my own experience, my intuition, my higher self, what I've come to learn is uh, trauma is one very big way. Well, let me back up. So I, you mentioned that I said uh, mental illness is a spiritual problem with a spiritual solution. Right. So what I came to learn years later was that um, it is negative entity attachments that are causing the mental. It's something totally in the spiritual realm. 100% in the spiritual realm. There are no um, there are no blood tests. There are no other than a list of symptoms that they put in the DSM, uh, uh, whatever that manual stands for in psychiatric realm, like uh, the fifth edition is out now and they call it the DSM. All it is is a cluster of symptoms that are listed and then they slap a label on it. And it keeps growing because they keep creating these uh, additional, like, um, neuroses and you know problems that people have and creating a label for it 
And so that's the only way that they diagnose it. There is no blood test. There is no brainwave test. There is no way physically of proving that this person is ill. So it is a spiritual uh, negative entity attachment. And that is something that no one else is saying. Well, there's a few people because I've sought them out. Right. Um, when I realized that negative entity attachment was a, a, sort of like a phrase that spiritual people who understand this use, I started finding other people in the spiritual community that have also been called like me to help people understand this and be free from it. It's really not that hard. I'll be honest with you. You know, you go from having a life sentence to me sitting here and saying, it's really not that hard. Like, wow. <laughs> right? A yeah, little, little <laughs> like, bit of a difference there. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's how powerful we are. Right. And yeah. um, Quick interjection here. Um, for me, I understand, like, at least enough about negative entity attachment to not be like, hey, tell me more about that. I don't understand. But I'm sure there's more than a handful of listeners that are just like, negative entity attachment, what in the world? So, so could you maybe define that a little bit for us real quick? Yeah. Well, um, before I do that, I just want to explain that um, there are universal laws that we are not taught in school. And one of them is the law of uh, frequency and vibration. So everything has a frequency and everything vibrates. Uh, you, not just people, but you know, this fireplace behind me, um, everything vibrates. And so these negative entity attachments are in spiritual realm and they have a very low vibration and oh, darn I have something while I'm talking I'm going to see if I could pull it up um so they have a low vibration and your listeners maybe heard of the law of attraction that's another one of the universal laws so the law of attraction is that like attracts light right mm -hmm. so um So when you are in a negative emotional state, you are become a frequency match for these entities. And if you don't have your boundaries set up, like if you're not, if you're not vibrating at a high frequency, which unconditional love is the highest frequency, the lowest frequency is fear. I'm going to see if you can see this. Tell me if you can see this. Um, yeah, a little bit. So is that like a, kind of okay, I, different levels I, of Yeah, there's different frequencies. levels. It's called the emotional frequency chart. And fear, despair, and shame is at the bottom. Like you cannot vibrate any lower if you are in fear. Okay. 
So I was being very fearful because of what I felt my daughter was going through, right? Right. It's like a life sentence, mental right. schizophrenia. Ah. Yeah, ah, exactly. And, um, you know, I was thankful and grateful that she was upgraded to a lesser diagnosis. But I'll be honest with you, the, um, the news that I was watching every day was creating fear in me. I was like a Fox News junk. So between what was going on with my daughter and the trauma it caused me. Now, this is all I learned this later, right? I did not know this is what was going on. So the trauma that her situation and the, um, the fear I was ingesting on a daily basis watching Fox News for two hours every morning or whatever caused me to vibrate at that level of fear and the entities were able to catch things. So they're always negative as in negative entity attachments and they make you do negative things and you know the Bible calls them unclean spirits right now uh or demons right depending on your version of the bible so this is what we're dealing with here this is what jesus dealt with in the gospels when he had people come to him that were crazy it was a spiritual solution and he had uh he had so um Let's see. So I ended up in the hospital for like three weeks in a hospital that my now ex-husband knew because I worked in healthcare and I knew that this hospital was kind of like a hellhole. You know, uh, the thing about psychiatric uh, treatment, a lot of it's very inhumane. And you know, my heart goes out to people because I know firsthand what they've been through. I've been in four point restraints and left in a dark room for hours. Holy left cow. Them, right. So, um, so I'm in this hell that my now ex-husband knew that was a hellhole. And he knew that because when our daughter went to the hospital two or three months earlier, I had this whole conversation with how she can't go there. She has to go to this other one, right? Because I knew I was in healthcare and I knew the other one was like a gold standard. And uh, she got the treatment there. And he let them keep me there in the hellhole for three weeks because it was convenient for him. It was up the street from where he lived. But it was a very bad place. So, um, but I try to live in unconditional love and no judgment. So I, you know, I don't hold that against him. But at the time, I really did. Oh, I'm sure. How could he leave me there, right? 
so um, anyway, but then I ended up a couple of years later realizing that my ex-husband had a side to him that was not nice, was not kind, and by some manner could be considered abusive. Not physically abusive, but emotionally, mentally, and psychologically. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I was on a lot of medication at the time. And uh, his treatment was like making it worse. So I kind of knew I had to get out of there. So that's another one of my escapes. Now, I did not discuss with him that I was going to leave him because uh, I knew that he would manipulate me into staying. And in fact, a week before we got married, I tried to call the wedding off. And he manipulated me into whatever I thought at the time that would be okay, right? So, oh, um, yeah, I almost that's escaped. happening. Like, pay attention, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Get some outside opinions from people that actually understand things that can see it from a third person perspective. I'll tell you what. Um, I now I wanted to get married, so I wanted to believe him, but I almost escaped marrying him, right? I almost escaped. It took me, you know, 17 years and all that transpired over that period of time to really escape him. And I honestly did it. I was very emotionally fragile. I was on all this medication. I had no money. He was the sole breadwinner. I had no money. Right. I was like hawking my uh, engagement ring. So, and then I had to find somebody who would rent me an apartment without having any money. <laughs> now, there's some other details to that that kind of made, uh, made the whole situation work where I found a landlord and I did get some income coming in to be able to pay for the rent. But it was all like against all odds that I was able to move out. I mean, it, it was crazy. Like I texted him one day when he was at work before I moved down. So it truly was an escape. It was not a discussion and I'm going to leave. It was an escape. Now, at the time, I'm sure he and other people thought, oh, well, she's just crazy. <laughs> because I had a label, right? I had a bipolar label and I was on a lot of medication and he projects himself being like the perfect guy. I didn't care. I did not care. I lost my church because I, I went to the church and told them that he was abusive and they were, it was a very patriarchal church and they sided with him and I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated that all these men in this church, which I knew kind of you know, had women in a subjective position, or uh, that's not the right word, but um, subservient-ish, and I knew that. And then when I went to them and, and this happened, I was like devastated. I will never ever come to 
I was like very active in the church, had friends in the church. I did all the womanly things that church ladies do, you know, cooking for the dinners and working with the children because those are the only things we're good for in the patriarchal um, world that I lived in at the time. So anyway, I moved out and so I had my own apartment and I was able to like back off of some of the medication I was on because he wasn't playing his his mind tricks on me. I wasn't living there anymore. I wasn't under that. I mean, I was taking a lot of it. And um, there's a lot there. Oh yeah. There. Yeah. There's like one to sleep one to you know, mood stabilizer, one to make sure you don't go psychotic one. If you have extreme anxiety, I mean, it was ridiculous. The number of minutes was on. So, um, what happened, Benjamin, when I got into my own place, I started having paranormal, not severe, but I had paranormal activity going on in my apartment. Now, it was kind of freaking me out. I, you know, that I never had before. And it was kind of scaring me, right? Mm-hmm. So my best friend at the time, her husband was a minister. And he said, you know, put the Bible out. Right. So I just started using Jesus' name because, again, I was a Christian. And I would say, Jesus' name, go. You, you don't belong here. You must go in Jesus' name. And it would be, it would be like noises. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the paranormal activity was, but uh, there's definitely some weird things. So... What I realized later was the entities were within and they were acting out in my outer world. So when I was using Jesus' name to get rid of them in my apartment, I was effectively getting them out of my body. Okay. And... So, and I didn't know I was doing that at the time, right? Right. So it's like, I'll get them out of the space. I need, I need to be able to not get freaked out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, there was just enough fear that kind of got me into a place of courage following Jesus and I'm get the heck out. So then I got off medication. I, you know, I weaned myself off and, and by the way, I don't, I'm not a medical professional. I don't give anyone advice on what medications you're taking, how to get off them. That is between you and your doctor and your higher self. I go by what my higher self shows. Okay. Sometimes I'll Google something. Sometimes I'll say, I don't want to know what the side effects are coming off this drug. I'm just going to come off it. And when you don't have that knowledge of what to expect, you can have a different experience. But that's a whole other story of how how our thoughts create our reality. So, um, which is the other topic I podcast that people are quite interested in. Well, um, 
little note there it's kind of like in the secret or Rhonda Byrne she talks about she's like yeah I noticed my eyesight was starting to diminish and I was like oh dang it I gotta go get glasses and she's like wait a second I can think my way into better eyeballs and she did and then she goes and talks to her eye doctor and he's like do you realize what you had to do and she's like nope and I don't want to know that's that's a perfect example and I saw that movie I don't remember that part of the movie I don't but, think it was in the movie. I think it was just in the book. Oh, in the book. Okay. Yeah, my daughter keeps saying I need to read that book. <laughs> um, my other daughter, my younger daughter. So, yes, that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, it's like, I'd rather not know everything I have to go through. Yeah, I'd rather I don't want just to know. know it's possible. And that I can be okay doing it. And like you said, yeah. Patrice, like, I ain't no doctor either. Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, yeah, you should just go quit all your drugs. Like, nah. Like, make, yeah, sure, that, make sure you're checking in the places you need to check in. Your doctor, your is, higher self, your higher power. Yeah, exactly. That is the key, is trusting our intuition. I was just listening to someone I like to listen to on YouTube a lot. And he was talking about that, that our intuition is there and it will never steer us wrong. And the problem is we ignore it all the time. So when you can tune into your intuition, then you you have the the proper direction on where to go at, at any point in time. So, and I should say, let me back up that, uh, when I was still married, I had a discussion with my husband to go off the medication. I just, I'm one of those people, I am like, I, just give me supplements. I don't want to be on any drugs. I'm like, a, I love my supplements. You know, you, you would not believe how many supplements I have around here. So <laughs> um, I did not want to be on these drugs. What happened was I had a relapse and ended up back in hospital. So, you know that saying, um, correlation does not equal causation. Have you heard that before? Yeah. It's like just because this is happening at the same time as the other thing doesn't mean it's actually causing it. Exactly. So, um, I kind of have discussions with my younger daughter about, you know, people think medication works for, um, for this problem. It's kind of like a Band-Aid. It doesn't get rid of the problem. And the problem is spiritual. If you're not dealing with it on a spiritual level, you're not going to get rid of it. So... Um, what happened was I had the relapse and just so you know, there's, you know, been like in hospitalized like three or four times. I had, I was suicidal one of those times, which I, by the way, this is the one of the very first, it was the second time in close succession to the first time where I um, was suicidal and I absolutely, Benjamin, 100% knew that those thoughts were being dropped into my head from somewhere else. They were not audible. They were not voices. They were thoughts being dropped into my head to kill myself. 
I knew 100% that they were not mine. But they were so strong and so overpowering that I was so afraid I was going to listen to them. Yeah. So I had to go in the hospital. And oh my God, that time I was like so, such a nasty case. Um, I, I needed like a drug to get me out of the, I was like on high anxiety. I, I didn't know what high anxiety was, but that's what it was. That's what I was under. It was horrible. So anyway, um, so that was one of my escapes from death. The other two were from uh, angels that rescued me from deadly car accident, which also. So anyway, um, so I went for like, so from the time where I was living in that little apartment, and then my younger daughter came to live with me eventually. I went for three and a half years with no medication and no relapse. Okay, I was doing good. Now, um, my doctor likes to cite a study that over a period of 18 months, I can't remember how many uh, subjects were in the study that had patients that had bipolar disorder because it's very common for people that have bipolar disorder to not want to take their medication. Extreme, it's extremely common. Okay. So he, he cited the percentages at six months, 12 months, and 18 months. I don't remember the first two percentages, but at 18 months, virtually 100% of these people had relapsed. So I said to him, well, I went three and a half years. How did I do that? And he's really smart. And he's also a Christian, but I did not get into it with him about how I got rid of these negative entity attachments, which would have you know, flown in the face of his entire profession, right? Right. So um, he ended up calling me an outlier. <laughs> I'm, I'm an outlier. <laughs> Outside of statistics. We're going to forget that your case exists here. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just an anomaly, right? So anyway, um, I can't accept this truth, so I will patch it up with a Band-Aid and say that it doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. So, I, you know, I didn't get into that with him. But, um, and I do want to share with your audience, after that three and a half years, the reason that I had a relapse is because I was involved in some spiritual activities that uh, could have been considered. Um, oh, how do I put it? I don't want to say dark because I'm not a dark person. I'm a kind, loving person. Okay. But I was involved in uh, trying to do like some spell work and things like that in the spiritual realm. And it was not uh, a good thing for me to do so in hindsight yeah. i believe that that was i, I kind of kicked open the door again in the spiritual realm and because i didn't know about keeping my vibration high and not doing stuff like that like 
the stuff I was doing, I would never do today. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like so way past trying to use spells and stuff like that. But at the time I was into it and it kicked open the door and these negative entities so they're like, oh, hey, let's go get Patrice again. Yeah, yeah, she's like screwing around, and she's not protecting herself. So we're 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 gonna, you know, get in there. So uh, this time I had gotten arrested. Uh, lots of fun being in jail for two nights. Man, that was like a surreal oh, experience. And um, they should have taken me to the hospital. So anyway, um, so here I am again, right, on medication. Not good. And then, so here's where my intuition comes in again. I know that there's a way to be healed from it. I absolutely know that, and I'm going to find out what it is. Right. So, um, you know, I, I go to my good friend youtube cousin of google and <laughs> find people uh, something happened where i saw something on social media again that phrase negative entity attachment came across my consciousness and i'm like oh let me search negative entity attachments <laughs> and then that's when i started you know learning more about this and really putting the pieces together of what had happened to me over the past 10 years. Mm. And so, um, so I use something, so there's a lot of different ways that uh, people, different modalities that people use to get rid of these entity attachments. And one of them is called light language. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it is um, like a, a transmission in another language and it's very powerful, right? It has a very high vibration, a very high frequency. And so I found somebody on YouTube that, uh, that did a negative entity attachment light language transmission. And um, they were gone. It was a 10 minute video. Wow. They were gone. So then I weaned myself off the medication again, following my higher self. And, you know, today I'm fine. And I keep my vibration very high. And I don't let anything negative into my space. And everything about my life is positive. Every, absolutely everything is positive about my life. And there's some things going on right now in the background that some people would say, well, how could you say that's positive? I, it's all going to work out because that's because I'm creating that reality. Right. Oh, that my life is wonderful good. and it's all going to work out. <laughs> awesome. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the past 10 years what I have been through and what I have learned. And you could probably understand why nobody's really talking about it because it flies in the face of everything that anyone has ever been taught about mental illness. Right. 
Well, and to bring up a point from earlier, you said like Jesus in the Bible, he like goes out casting out unclean spirits and like, you know, removing demons from people. And I had a thought during that. It's like, okay, if you were to look at some of these cases as it were like to call it that, uh-huh. like these different experiences that jesus had casting out demons devils unclean spirits however you will um like think about the boy that his father came to him and was like hey help my son like he he casts himself into the fire and you know jesus helps him realize that he as the dad needs to believe as well and he's like i believe and help my unbelief right and that's where you get the verse that says to him that believeth all things are possible oh i love that verse i gotta remember that one yes i do know that verse yeah mark 9 26 if i remember right 9 20 um, okay i gotta i gotta look that up i like that and it's like you look at that example it's like okay he casts himself into the fire and i'm no expert on mental illness and i haven't even gotten the you are now right right but but i mean as far as like all the diagnoses and all that right like I, right even as a layman i hardly know jack yeah well don't say that um well just in the like i know a lot about a couple of them but just like you know the dsm or whatever that was like i yeah dsm i mm-hmm. maybe know one percent of that maybe um but you know to me it's not important that i know all the symptoms and everything it's knowing that there's you know help and like i said at the beginning i wasn't like i've never had an example of okay this can be cured but i had a strong suspicion like okay this seems like either an emotional or a spiritual thing like with mental illness or even cancer or eyesight or you know all these things that we consider chronic illnesses and problems that you'll have forever um i've personally held the belief that's like okay there's got to be some way and part of that goes to you know i'm christian as well and believe uh-huh. it, god has the power to heal and it's like okay if god has the power to heal we're children of god as it says in the bible and that means that we're practicing to become like him which tells me that we have some element of the power that he has and we can use that to help ourselves. Where's the missing puzzle piece here? (laughs) Yeah, well, I, yeah, I I used to think that when I was a Christian, like all these, um, you know, spectacular healings and things that we would see happen in the Bible, why aren't they happening today? And, um, like you said, it's it all has to do with our right. So you all may read that our, our belief. Yeah, we have to believe that it's possible, and it it's not just an intellectual belief. It's a belief in your heart. It's a knowing that comes from deep in your heart that you know that you can be. 
yeah it's not the oh i think that could be or oh I, yeah, yeah i believe that could happen it's the you know like at the deepest level of knowing like you said from your heart absolutely yeah and um it that was always a challenge for me when i was christian on how to get that belief that i had intellectually to live itself out in my life in almost like a magical way right because if you can do the kind of stuff jesus did you're kind of like a magician <laughs> you're you're like defying you know the laws of physics and gravity and stuff and you're doing the things that jesus did. and didn't he say greater things than these shall you do when i go to the father greater and he was like the greatest right I do uh, still work with Jesus now as an ascended master. I don't really, um, I don't put him in the box that the Bible has him in, but I do believe that he walked this earth and I do believe he's an ascended master and that I can still uh, call upon him and, and work with him. And that's been a very interesting circle. But yeah, he said greater things than these shall you do why is that not happening for people in the church um there's a ministry in arizona called hardcore christianity and i'm uh friends you know just through social media but i still consider him my friend um with the um with the owner of that ministry he's a psychologist and his name is easy to remember for Christians because his name is Michael W. Smith, right? You know who that is, right? Singer. Are you I don't familiar actually. with him? Anyway, it's the same <laughs> middle initial. Don't listen every... to, to the Christian uh, okay, music. So... I stick, stick with the hymns mostly. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So his name's Michael W. Smith, and it's hardcore Christianity. Now, his experiences when people get rid of these entity attachments, he calls them demons. And there's always a lot of drama involved, like people throwing up and people. Now, I don't, I don't poo-poo anyone's ministry or experience, especially when he gets the results that he gets. But, uh, and, and he ties it to forgiveness a lot. A lot of times people are harboring unforgiveness, which is a low vibration. Right. So um, anyway, there's so many different ways that you can utilize this power over these negative entity attachments. But whatever resonates with you, I would say to your listeners, if you're Christian, Jesus can do it. <laughs> uh, you may want to check out Hardcore Christianity on um, YouTube. If you are not Christian and you want to explore other modalities that may be of help to you, go to YouTube and type in negative entity attachment. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of creating a program. I'm not, um, I'm not there yet. So uh, I'm giving people these other resources for now that can help you. If you, if you believe that you can be healed and this is not a life sentence. You refuse to take that life sentence. You want to create your own reality like your, your podcast is called Rewrite Your Stars, right? 
Right. You can do that with this. You do not have to have this label for the rest of your life. And um, I'm happy to bring this information to you. Know that. Yeah. Awesome. And to add my uh, two bits here, as it were. Yeah. It's like, and actually, let me finish up that thought that I didn't finish up earlier, but the, the kid that would throw himself into the fire, like, I'm sure there's some diagnoses out there for a kid that does that. Or like all these other things that, that uh, I don't know if I finished that thought up earlier. So just to make sure that's clear, I was wanting to say that. But yeah, in the, I don't know. In, in the Bible, there's a ton of examples that would probably yeah. get classified as mental illness today. Yeah, I don't know that they had diagnosed like labels back then. They just thought people were yeah, just crazy or, or, or maybe they did think it was a spiritual thing. I don't know. I mean, you had the one guy who um, had legions of demons in him and Jesus sent him into the swine, the herd of swine, and they all ran into the ocean, right? Yeah. So um, what was his diagnosis? They're just, people are just, they're not in their right mind. Oh, that brings up another topic that I want to mention. People that have these negative entity attachments are not in their right mind. Their mind has been taken over temporarily. It is much like the, um, the legal defense of temporary insanity in court, right? Why do you think that defense works because <laughs> it happens because <laughs> it happens the person is not in their right mind therefore they are not responsible in a court of law if they get um you know if the judge said it says indeed yes you were temporarily insane therefore that is your defense and we accept it wasn't you. Now, people that have mental illness always get blamed for the stupid stuff that we do. And I'm here to tell you that you're not responsible. Well, we're responsible for our own lives as far as, um, I don't know, I don't want to get too much into my overarching spiritual view of life, but I do believe that we chose the challenges that we were going to have in this life before we came to this life. So in that regard, you are responsible because you want to experience it. And though it seems odd now, if you're going through it, why would you want to experience this? But maybe it's to help others. You know, part of my program that I'm working on right now there's going to be five stages and the, the fourth and fifth stage are going to be optional. And the fifth stage is to become an ambassador for this information for your fellow human beings that, have, that are still suffering where you are now free. And don't you want to help other people? Because I have a vision that, uh, and I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it, it's going to make me cry. I have a vision of higher mental health 
um, paradigm is going to shift to the spiritual solution. Yeah. And that was one of the other things I was going to bring up is like, back in the day in the bible there wasn't any mental diagnosis for it like they just were like oh they're possessed right where today it's like oh yeah it's it's this it's schizophrenia or it's bipolar or it's ocd or it's or whatever all these things are and it's like i'm not like i don't know exactly which ones are or aren't but at the same time I'm inclined to believe that there is a spiritual solution to all of these if it's not emotional first. Um, I mean, I've talked with other people, um, I think on the podcast, I know I've talked to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty sure I've talked to other people on the podcast about like emotions and how those can manifest in unpleasant ways if we don't address them. Um, but if it's not emotional and you're not finding a physical solution to it, then almost certainly there's a spiritual something that's off. Well, that's because you're a spiritual person. So right. you, you're already open to the possibility that this is a spiritual problem. Yeah. To me, all problems are spiritual in nature and can be fixed as easy as mental health diagnosis that you thought up until right now you thought was going to be with you forever it's not and it's all about taking back your power as a sovereign human being with free will and that you this is your body this is your temple and they don't belong here but if you think it's something that a medication is going to help, you're not going to get at the root of the problem and you're not going to be able to implement the simple solution. I just said. Yeah. Like talking about gardening, the medication almost all the time is just ripping the leaves off of the weed and letting the roots stay. And, you know, maybe it'll be gone for a day. Maybe it'll be gone for a week, a month, or maybe even a season they'll be back next season that's a good analogy i like actually get the roots out yeah i remember my parents i'm helping their weed the garden i'm just pulling the leaves and they're like would you just pull the roots like this is literally (laughs) going to be here next year unless you do it right exactly (laughs) and And me me being lazy i'm just like i don't want to pull the weeds yeah well that's harder right but this is this is actually easier than taking medication it works. And um, yeah, so uh, I hope this gives a lot of people that hear this hope that there is uh, a way out of your situation. And, you know, one of the things that people in the spiritual circles that deal with helping people with the negative entities, they say, you're having this experience because you're so powerful. Like you're, you know, you're like trying to keep you down. But when you find this out (laughs) and you step into your power and, and tell them to go and they go and you have your life back and your freedom, you know, 
what are you going to do with that? Find your purpose in life. Your purpose is not to be on medication for the rest of your life and to be on disability. That's not your purpose. Yeah. And since we've been talking about spirituality so much here, I mean, assuming that there's a devil, and I believe there is, why would he waste time on people that aren't powerful? Why would he waste so many resources on those people? He wouldn't. Like he, he's the head commander in this war he's waging against God, which we know, like in the Bible, says he's going to lose eventually, but he's going to try and take as many as possible. It's like, why, if you're thinking military tactics, why would you waste resources on something of little import? You would yes. go after the big target points. And yes, it's you're going after war. the generals, right? Yeah. Yeah, because those are the people that are going to be making this huge difference in the world. And they don't want to see all the light and the truth and the freedom and the health and the love and all those high vibrational things that we all want, right? They don't want that. So you're right. That's a, that's a good analogy. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, if you're finding yourself in this situation or another crappy situation as a where it's like, why are all these bad things happening to me? It's like, well, maybe consider the fact that you might be just super amazing and it takes a lot to take you down and you know you're willing to fight and you will be able to overcome it once you recognize what that is and for what we've been talking about here as well as other things what i recommend is go to your higher power whether that's god whether that's the universe whether it looks like something else to you and go to your intuition and go to your higher self and I mean, there's many different ways you can do anything in life. Yes. And I love that you've shared some of the ways that you've been able to overcome your challenges here, Patrice. Patrice. Yes. Like, like niece. <laughs> Remembering that. <laughs> um, and for me, like, like I said, I am a Christian. And I believe in God and I believe in the power of God. And so... I am careful in the places I go to, to, you know, seek solutions. Like I, I would never mess with spells or anything like that. Yeah. Not, not like try to cast blame or shame on you there. Just put oh, that no, one I, out no, there. No, none taken, none taken whatsoever. It was just an experience I went through and it, it you know, had a bad outcome and, you know, it's not something I ever care to do again. Yeah. Um, and, and there's certain things that I'm just like, okay, like tread lightly here. And there's other things where she's like, oh yeah, like do it. And this is one of those areas where for me personally, I'd be like, okay, tread lightly, trust your higher power, trust your higher self, trust your intuition. And as long as those are lining up, then go for it but make sure you're very aware that it's those voices that are telling you instead of the other negative voices. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's another modality, speaking of hearing voices, which again, I never heard 
like audible voices, but I know people with schizophrenia do hear audible voices. And uh, let me grab this book real quick. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, this she's... book here, uh, An Amazing Journey into the Psychotic Mind, Breaking the Spell of the Ivory Tower. This was written by uh, Jerry Marzinski and Sherry Swiney. And um, you can get this on Amazon. And Jerry was, he's a psychologist. He almost became a doctor, but he was so disillusioned with uh, the garbage that he felt they were teaching in university <laughs> that he dropped out of his uh, PhD program. But um, so he, he has a master's degree and he worked for 30 years in the prisons uh, with, you know, people that were mentally ill like the biggest prison in the country wow. so he he has some interesting stories here and sherry his co-author she um so the, some of the ways that this happens is through abuse i mentioned trauma um stress fear okay those are all ways that the entities get in uh, Michael Smith would say, you know, unforgiveness. So we can add that. So Sherry had abuse in her childhood and she was hearing these voices. And do you know what her modality was? You know, she, they're always negative, right? Mm -hmm. So she would just say, that's a lie. She kept saying it whenever they, she would hear these voices. She would say, that's a lie. So Jerry and I call it the that's a lie modality. <laughs> tell them that's a lie and they go away yeah. so that's how powerful you are oh, yeah. but you have to you have to know that but our power has been hidden from us through the education system and other ways and um you know my whole journey has been to discover my power and to um do a lot of good with it, <laughs> which is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, well, and I think another thing that would be really good to touch on here is for those that are mentally well. Yes. Um, like you said, you would watch the news for two hours each morning. And oh, for gosh. me, that just sounds Don't like do one, it. Of the, one of the worst things you could do. And that's because I it. know a lot more than the average Joe, but it's like... Uh, especially in today's world like it, it's been said like that for like the past 20 years like especially in today's world but like it literally keeps getting worse <laughs> like it, it's, it's probably 50 times worse if not greater than 20 years ago i am so glad you brought that up because i try not to tell people what to do because everyone has their own journey and everyone makes their own choices and everyone has their own free will and i don't judge anybody for anything that being said, watching the news has got to be one of the worst things for your mental health you could possibly do. Oh, yeah. Because like the past year and a half, it's all been fear, 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 it, fear. If it's not I'm this gonna, thing, it's the other. It's not the I'm other. Gonna make the a really, I'm going to make a really bold <laughs> statement, and I don't care. I'm just going to say it. That the mainstream news media is the propagation arm of the government. Uh, I'm sorry, propaganda arm of the government. Yeah, propaganda. Yeah. 
So if you're filling your head with propaganda, <laughs> you're being controlled. So people say, well, I can't turn the news off. I have to know what's going on in the world. No, you don't. Yes, you can. Turn it off. You, you need to know what's going on in your corner of the world. In your corner of the world. That's right. Happens when you become aware of what's happening around you. It that's, happens that's when you go on, outside. That's not on any of the big yep. news. Like, unless, even if you live in one of the big cities, they're not telling you about the things happening in your little area of it that, oh, you can go help here. I, I mean, we're recording this on September 11th, 9-11. Mr. Rogers, that was in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood on PBS for many, many years, Um I don't remember if he was still making episodes when that happened, but I remember that there's uh, a quote he might he have had. passed away by then. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I do remember that he said, I think he hadn't quite passed away yet because I think he addressed it directly and said, Look for the helpers. Okay. My mom always said, Look for the helpers, and that, and he says, When you look for them, you can find them. And yes. it's like, look for the helpers around you and be one of those helpers. Yes. Like not every single thing that happened that day was recorded by the media nope. or reported to the media. Like no, it wasn't. Not, not even uh, a very large fraction. Yeah. I'm with you there. And I don't, I don't buy the official narrative at all of what happened on that day in history and every year when it rolls around again it re-traumatizes the world uh, especially the U united states citizen it re-traumatizes people yeah it, and, and i saw something earlier this week that's like you know 9-11 sucked but i wish we could have another 9-12 and it went on to say it's like 9-11 was terrible but 9-12 we came together we helped. We came together. We saw yeah. things that were wrong and fixed them. It's like don't don't go listening to the news. Go to your backyard. Talk to your neighbor across the fence. Go to your neighbor across the street. Go to you know your community center wherever. Just get outside your house. Walk around. See the helpers. Be one of the helpers. That's the news you need. Absolutely. Yes. Well, very well said. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that it, that has a direct bearing on people's mental health. Oh, yeah. It 100% does. And if you want to be controlled by somebody else, watch the news. Yeah. If you don't, if you want to live your own life, don't watch the news. Yeah. That, that's and there, there's a we could come up with a list of a hundred here within 20 minutes of things to do to avoid having fear in your life. Come up with your own list. What do you need to start? What do you need to stop? Because like you said, Patrice, that you ended up having your breakdown where you ended up with a mental illness in quotation marks. Um, because you were fearing so much yes so it's like to avoid going down that path nip it in the bud 
And, you know, they're saying that since the pandemic happened, that there's so many more people having mental problems. That's why. <laughs> well, not only mental problems, but also suicide, which arguably is part of that. But Yes, yes. It's, it's so much greater because people are there glued to their TV or glued to their phone or glued to outside sources telling them what to think and I, I just joined this Facebook group the other day the, my one friend that I, I trust them a lot and know that they are very much for good as mm-hmm. part of their mission key component of their mission in life and they invited me to this one group and like I haven't seen hardly anything positive in it oh no I, 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 and it's really interesting because it's like this particular group for health and wellness and like everyone is just like super negative and i'm like dude should, should i just leave this like is this ever gonna get better oh no you don't need that kind of stuff in your news feed right and i mean for the people that are on there needing to ask questions okay great i'm not needing to ask those questions right now so it's just like adding to those negative emotions i'm like you know appreciate the fact that this person invited me and yet i don't think i need to be here well you know and maybe i need to be there later uh, yeah you might need to be light there you never know see what your higher self says right but um i my type of coaching is different than because i'm also a mindset coach and so my coaching is the best way to describe it is to use an analogy. And instead of thinking that life is happening to you, like from the outside, like your circumstances are dictating what's happening to you, um, we're really creating our own life experience and our own circumstances. And the analogy is, it's the difference between using a camera and taking a picture or using a projector, creating what's going on the screen. Mm. And uh, it's something called the three principles and it's really ancient wisdom that has kind of been repackaged in uh, the 1970s by a gentleman called uh, Sidney Banks. But the three principles are mind, thought, and consciousness. So mind is like universal mind. It could also be um, like God or spirit. So you have the mind and you have your thoughts, which are creative. So your thoughts create your consciousness or your reality. And that's how life works. And most people don't realize. Yeah. I mean, just like the secret. Yeah. yeah, like I said, it's like it's like ancient knowledge that you know Sidney Banks came, he had like an awakening and he kind of packaged it this way. Uh, he was uh, he had a ninth grade education, he was a welder from Scotland, and he was like in his lifetime, he was schooling physicists and psychologists on this understanding. <laughs> like really cool like they were t- he was talking to a bunch of physicists one day and they were talking about e equals mc squared which is like an energy equation <laughs> like e stands for energy i forget what the rest of it is and 
And he said to all of them, he said, that's not true. And then he said one more sentence that backed up what he was saying. And everyone, all these physicists in the room were like, whoa, you just blew, you just blew out my entire profession, right? <laughs> With like two sentences. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he was, he was a cool guy. You could find him on YouTube, Sydney Banks. And uh, so that's the type of coaching I do where I help people realize that, um, you know, we have a spirit that we're all connected to whether you realize it or not, spirit, mm-hmm. God, the mind, the universal mind, universal intelligence, we're all connected to that. And that the way our life works is that our thoughts create our reality. I mean, I can't really say it any plainer than that. And it's just, you have to come to that understanding. Once you hear it, it has to, again, come out of your head and into your heart that this is how life works. Then, wow, when you realize that, you, you can rewrite your stars, like the name of your podcast. Oh, yeah. So that's why I really was excited to come on here today and to, um, to talk about this because it's stuck in their realities and they don't need to be. Yeah. You, you create your reality. And for some yes. of you, that may be hard to hear. Well, but yeah. Take, because- take, take it to be hopeful. Yeah, you yeah, because people don't want to take responsibility for the crappy life they have right now, whether it's crappy or not. That's your perception, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things in my life I could focus on and say I don't have a great life, but I do have a great life. That's what I choose to focus on. I choose to focus on positive. It's way more than positive thinking, though. Yeah. And um yeah, people do have a hard time with that because they have to take responsibility. But once you do that, you get past that, and now you have the benefits of, of, of understanding this and living your life accordingly. Yeah. So, well, and another tool to throw into the roster here is a vision board. Oh, yeah, you like vision boards. Yes, I like vision boards. Yes. Yeah, and so like printing off a picture of something you want to have manifest in your life whether it's something you want to achieve something you want to have something you want to accomplish or whatever it looks like print off a picture of it and you know focus on it and imagine being there when it happens to the point to where it happens and i actually share a vision board success each week oh yes Uh uh-huh And so the one for today is to have a conversation with 25 different people over Zoom since November 21st of 2020. And so this one was me. Honestly, it was trying to focus on serving people while trying to gain more clients. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Focus on the serving aspect. And it was really cool because it was just like, okay, like, let's have a conversation on here. How can I like just a conversation, but then I would always try to be like, okay, what can I do to help this person? What can I share with them that will help them right now? And just having that focus and not focusing on, Oh, I want to have more clients because that wasn't what the item of my vision board was. It was have a conversation. Right. 
And so I put this one up on my vision board December 1st of 2020. And I took it off my vision board on December 19th of 2020 um, at 3.36 p.m. <laughs> so, so you accomplished it in that short amount of time? Yeah. It, and I mean, for me at the time, it wasn't too big of a thing, but it was a thing that I'm like, you know, I want to do this and I want to quantify it and say that I did it because I know I can do it. Yeah. And, and that's a perfect example of you thought it and you put it out there into the universe and you made it happen. Yeah. You know, but people don't realize there's like spiritual laws at work in the background to how we make things happen in life. And uh, I love what you said about serving rather than trying to get clients because I try to do the same thing. And um, the universe, I believe, rewards that. Yeah, well, it goes back to the quote. It doesn't matter how much you, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's right. Care about how much you care. And I mean, right back to the service element too. It's like, get out there and serve. Maybe it looks like sitting down at your computer and setting up an appointment with someone and talking with them. Maybe it looks like going out and doing yard work. Like there's people in our neighborhood, they put a flyer on our door, said, hey, come join us for this service thing. And I would be there right now, except for my wife and I are going to be going to another thing in not too long from now. And um you know you just take those opportunities that you can sometimes it shows up and you can't sometimes it shows up and you can't you know if you can't do it yes that's good that you, you're always looking for opportunities to serve and um that is wonderful mindset i like that yeah well, feel like we're kind of at that wrapping up point. So okay. do you have anything that you want to add here, Patrice? Um, I just want to uh, let you know about my website. And it's very easy. It's just patricemarie.com. And you can um, read more about the type of coaching that I do. And if you want to send me an email, you can do it through the website. But I think I need to fix the form so there's room for you to type if you want to shoot me an email it's just patrice at coachwithpatrice.com again that's patrice uh, at coachwithpatrice.com yeah that's my email address okay and um you know if i can help you in any way I, you know i would be happy to do that um i'm just trying to get this message out and uh help as many people as possible if you've been through mental illness, if you are suffering from it now, it's good news. Not have to suffer any longer. And I hope that the things that we talked about today will give you hope and give you some action steps to take in order to get your help back because it's there waiting for you. You are, you are whole, perfect, and complete. Just the way you are. You're just playing the part of somebody that has a mental illness that's going to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'm There's hope. There is hope. Yes, I put that out there with a capital H. There is hope. Well, thank you very much, Patrice.